What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. Episode 43 of Mind Over Magic here with Matt and my buddy Eric. We're taking you backstage this week in Vegas, in Baltimore. The Oscars happened, which I didn't see, so I'll need to get an update on that from Eric himself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, more more on that, too, right? More on the baseball game. I mean, lots going on. There was a lot. It was living the life of the cast this week, I guess. That's right. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you're uh, you're in show mode, so I'm curious all about that because we are recording a little bit earlier this week because you open your show this week. So Is that why we're recording early today? No, no, I also had a conflict myself. So okay, this okay. just worked out for both of us. Um, Don't put this on me. No, no, but we will get the full recap of your show opening next week because uh, I'm excited to hear that. But tell tell us what you've been working on, gearing up, where you at. Um, it's stressful. I feel like I haven't had a second to breathe too much. There's a funny. Not funny, a good quote from the Dalai Lama that someone reminded me of this week. Actually, our wonderful video and lighting designer, uh, Scott, reminded me this week. He said, if you don't have, he said, I'm not going to quote it exactly. I think that's already clear. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I but guess so. The, the Dalai Lama quote is something along the lines of, you should meditate 20 minutes a day. And if you don't have 20 minutes, then you should meditate for an hour. And that's Wait. how I feel right now. Wait, I don't even understand what this quote means. You don't follow it? It's like if you don't if you don't have 20 minutes, how can you do an hour? That's I think the point. <laughs> if you don't have 20 minutes, you got to reprioritize and set aside some time for yourself. I I'm missing something. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Really? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. that. Uh, I guess, but like if you're busy, how do you reprioritize? You, you reprioritize. You, you, re, you look at what you're valuing as appropriate to occupy your time and you, you resituate. Is that a word? Yourself. Okay. <laughs> anyway, my point is yes. I've been extremely busy. Like I was, you know, I jumped on, you know, a few minutes later than I normally would even just to do this pod because it's just been one thing after the next trying to get everything in line for dress rehearsal tonight. So, so yes. So you just, have you done is this your first full run through or have you done runs uh, this earlier this week or where, we've where been are you doing at runs with the show? Each day, except I had to take Monday off. No choice because they had to paint the stage. So that was. Mm -hmm. Uh, a day where we couldn't do any run-throughs. But outside of that, yeah, we've been doing run-throughs. A little bit of stop and go, though. Tonight will be the first time trying it for some uh, just a small group of invited guests. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of the first what, what will feel more like a real show than what we've done previously. And then tomorrow is the real thing. Oh, nice. Very good. Very good. Mm -hmm. uh, well, that's exciting, man. Uh, how are you feeling other than stressful? Are you um, looking forward to getting back on stage? Are you looking forward to how the show's going to kind of come together? Yeah, I, I, I'm so happy with what the work environment has been like backstage. Uh, other than getting whacked in the head accidentally with a prop last <laughs> night during the run through. Wait, what? <laughs> What happened? Yeah, yeah, there was just a, you know, everyone makes mistakes, and there was just a, a small, small um, magic team mishap where I got whacked in the head with a, a pretty heavy, hard metal thing. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I still made it through the rest of the run-through, and I woke up feeling okay. So everything's good. Those things happen. It just comes with the territory, so. You, you got to be careful with that. There was like a... Uh, speaking of award shows, which we'll get to in a moment, but like mm. I feel like it was a like a, it must have been like the Grammys or something where like a set piece was moving and like I feel like it was Brett Michaels that just like ran into a set piece and was like knocked out by it. So when was this? Oh, years ago. This is oh okay. The, uh, this okay. is why none of the facts are <laughs> at my fingertips because it was so long <laughs> ago. I, I wasn't even sure what award show, who it was, but like someone almost got knocked over, like knocked out by a set piece. So you really gotta. I mean, that's why you do rehearsals. Or this was a straight up magic prop. Just uh... oh, just a straight up magic prop. Just went haywire mm -hmm. and hit you. In yeah, the head. not scenery, just a magic prop. Uh, uh, w w you know, 
the queue was early and then there it was boom right there and but here i am i'm doing okay things are coming along i'm so excited to get back on stage yeah i can't wait to navigate through the the interesting waters of kind of where we are with getting it done safely but we're we're got all the ducks in a row now Tell me about Baltimore. How was oh, sure. Baltimore? The venue looked amazing. Yeah. Let's just shift sideways a little bit on that. Yeah, you're like, let's stop talking about my show. Let's talk about your show. <laughs> I, you know, that's how I feel. I've, it's, I've, I want to get caught up in someone else's business yeah. right now. Yeah, just because you've been living and breathing your own show for the past Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tell me. Yeah, it was uh, it was great. Uh, drove down to Baltimore, and uh, you know, this is a little magic theater. I, I wouldn't say little, uh, but it's a magic theater that they've got – uh, just up and uh, up and coming. It's uh, they're gonna eventually do more with it as uh, you know the COVID protocols loosen up. And uh, but it, they just wanted another place. It's not in Baltimore proper. It's more like out in the the suburby areas of Baltimore. Uh, oh, I, guess. I gotta change that in the show notes. Hold on. <laughs> uh, but it's a movie theater. It's in a movie theater, and they took one of the theaters and they made it into its own magic theater like it's designed for magic so they looks like such a fun venue yeah the pictures on uh on your instagram i don't know if they're also on the uh podcast instagram no we could put yeah. them there though but uh but yeah they they really went all out there's like little trusses and uh lighting and video capabilities because it's a movie theater but uh it's just i mean there's a stage with like some secret hidden stuff in it for magical purposes uh you know traps here and there that could be used and so forth I don't know if that's giving too much away, but anyway, uh, like they they took the doors leading into like the the theater as well, and they made them all magic themed. And there's magic posters all in the like the lobby area, and they even have like a close up performer in the lobby performing while people are waiting to go in. Uh, so yeah, they're really doing some amazing stuff with that. Um, they also like for the performers have a little like green room area up in the like projection part of the theater, which was cool because I've never been up in that part of a movie theater before. Right. You can kind of walk down the hallway and see the projectors and just like of all the other movies that they're playing. So that was ni- neat to see. And there's Very even cool. a little uh, podcast studio up there too that they have Whoa. going. So they've they've put a bunch of money into this, and I think it's just for their love of magic. So uh, you know, um, Scott Alexander, who's kind of booking the room with his uh, guests, he's done a couple shows there already by himself. But this was me. Uh, it was all it was a fool us edition. So it was me, Francis Minotti, and Eric Jones, uh, and Scott Alexander as the MC. And uh, it was a blast. I mean, we had a lot of fun. Definitely still rusty in those, you know, COVID protocols and figuring out, you know, mass on, mass off. And that is still, you know, getting the used to figuring out that right flow, similar to how you're kind of preparing for your show. Sure. But, um, yeah, I got to tell you, Eric Jones crushed it, too. He was so on and, you know, he had his videos up and playing from his AGT clips and everything like that. And I'm just going to be honest. I closed the show, but I he was a tough act to follow. I mean, he wow. had the audience in the palm of his hands. And then, uh, you know, and he's so cool and suave and does amazing coin magic that's just mind-blowing. And that's a genre of magic that... I'm not as familiar with, so I mean, just I never got, I never studied that growing up. So he still like baffles me with stuff that seems like real magic. Uh, so mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. nerdy old me comes up. <laughs> and, uh, so it's just a, a diff- different tonal shift, but it was funny because we were both after intermission, and I did start with I was like, well, welcome to the Eric part of the show. <laughs> it's just two Eric's back to back. Yeah. But yeah, overall, you know, there's a couple of things I would have done differently. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think overall it was a great show and we had a blast. And uh, hopefully uh, in the future, I'll be back there at some point. That's really fun. It looked like such a cool place. And uh, yeah, it'd be cool to see in person someday if I'm ever in the suburbs of Baltimore area. I think yeah, I'll yeah. pop in and see what's going on over there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But uh, yeah, I know I'm 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 excited to be back there too, and it's just fun to be like it felt good to be on the road and like driving to a gig and getting out of my uh, my apartment. So yeah, it is it is does feel good to be getting back out there again, doesn't it? Just in general, like I've been trying for the past like month or two to start doing more things out and about just to get accustomed to the idea of like 
being in a theater full of people and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, not full of people, but with people. With people, yes. <laughs> yeah, as the- full as it can be, I suppose, from a social distance. Yeah, and and that was kind of like the this movie theater was not full but there was a decent crowd i mean there was a whole section that like the lower section was pretty full with you know spaced out people and then Mm -hmm. the the upper section was like a lot of like the local baltimore magicians that came out to support the show so that was fun great well now we had some news in vegas i'm not sure how it applies to showrooms yet but there was a report that as of may 1st that social distance will move to three feet for businesses. Now, we don't have clarification on if that includes showrooms and theaters. At this exact moment, it sounds like it would. Three feet, and I think the percentage from 50% is going to move up. I'm not sure to what. I don't know if it's 75% or 80%, but we'll have to see how all that is... uh, you know, affects all shows in Vegas because things are kind of starting to come up, come back. And it seems like we're doing well with it. You know, in the past right. when things would open in different states and whatnot, we'd see spikes. But it, it seems like Nevada has it pretty well under control at this time. So, I mean, after over a year, it feels good to say that. Yeah. I don't want to speak too soon, <laughs> but I just jinx it. Well, they were really good at getting the uh, vaccines out. I know Vegas was one of the top, you know, areas. Nevada did a pretty good job, and New York is doing a good job, I think, too. So more and more mm-hmm. people are getting the vaccine, so they're more comfortable going out and doing things. And, and you're starting to see these small little gatherings starting to pop up, uh, including, which you didn't watch at all, the uh, the Oscars was like its own little small gathering uh they did it right. at the, i did see clips so the, yeah the la train station there um uh, which was like the venue so it was different than the giant dolby theater where they normally do it mm-hmm. uh but uh you you're you're, you're I, we know your movie track record matt so i'm not surprised you didn't watch the oscars did you right. know any of the oscar nominees do i know the nominees yeah did you know any of these movies nominated do you know who won did you follow any of this <laughs> If you told me that, like, I don't know, you were going to give me some sort of grand prize for telling you a single nominee, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure that I know them off the top of my head. Maybe with multiple choice, I could do it. But this is not the trivia this section of the, the show. Trivia so I do not have to prove myself to you. No, I, I, no, you don't uh, <laughs> at all. Uh, but uh, I mean, uh, I'll just tell you who won the best picture was uh, Nomad Land. Have you ever even heard of that movie? No. <laughs> okay, Francis McDormand. <laughs> uh, Francis McDormand? Okay. And uh, it's on Hulu. I believe you can watch it. I don't have Hulu, though. No. Okay. Well, then you can't watch it. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, the, the thing I wanted to talk about the Oscars was of just like the weird COVID choices they did to make the um, – the, the, the actual award ceremony run. It was like small, intimate, small little like uh, tables of people. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like they were trying to make it more cinematic. Like it was uh, directed by Steven Soderbergh and stuff like that. And uh, they actually decided a weird, weird choice not to show any like movie clips of the nominees at all, which was very frustrating. There was just so much talking they didn't like put a limit on the speeches so some of these speeches went real long and yeah. then like for some of the movies that you might not even be familiar be familiar with you couldn't even see a clip to see if you would be from you know want to see this movie like the nomad project that's not it at all <laughs> what was it again nomad nomad land nomad oh like la la land yeah well there was like a la la land type uh, ending as well when you know, remember when they messed that up as it was supposed? It was announced as it was best picture, but it was really Moonlight. Hey, I have a question. Yes, I received screeners. Wait, what? <laughs> you received screeners, and you haven't I watched do. a single one of these movies. Here's my question: Are the screeners for the Oscars? Yes. Is that what I'm supposed to be voting for? <laughs> yes. Let's give a little background here. What screeners are? So screeners yeah. are. DVDs physically they get sent to your house. I guess if you're a member of SAG-AFTRA, which is the Screen Actors Guild. Yeah. Um, I've received those for the past several years, and I just remembered that when I said La La Land. I was like, oh, wait, I have that DVD. Oh, wait, that's why I have that DVD. 
So that's for the Oscars. That's yeah. They're all kind of like for your consideration. They send you the movie if you haven't seen it, so you could vote. Well, uh, I didn't know if it was for some other award show. It could be the uh, the Golden Globes, but uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. maybe it's the Golden Globes then. So I'm I get a free pass on this. Right, but it's for award season, <laughs> so you okay. see the, the the movies. And what do you Got do? It. You not even watch them. You just like. I mean, send them to me. Can you do that? I say, well, you're not allowed to send them to anybody. <laughs> I know there's strict rules about that because I, it says it right on the case. Sure. You know? um, but I feel like this is being wasted. You're not even watching the movies. A lot of times, believe it or not, like, for example, it'll be like Netflix shows. Sure. So, like, I do have Netflix. So, like, there's no need to have a, a season of something on a DVD. Right, because you can just stream it and watch it. Now, if they're sending shows, that's not for the Oscars, though. No, that could be Golden Globes or Emmys. Go- oh, Emmys. Yes. Maybe it's not the Oscars, then. Well, I mean, Oscars is for movies. Emmys yeah. is for no, TV. Yeah, no, you know what? I, <laughs> I'm just, just remembered that I, I save all of them with the intention of watching them. And the last one I tried to watch was um, the, one, the one about Queen, the band, but I can't remember what it was called. Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. Tried to watch it at um, Mount Charleston, which is an area here just outside of Vegas, or maybe it's even technically considered part of Vegas, where we actually get snow in the mountains, and there are log cabins that you can stay in. It's really fun. And there's no working cable or, like, phone service or Internet, really. So you can use the DVD player that they provide, but the DVD player was broken, so I never got through Bohemian Rhapsody because it kept skipping and breaking and not working. Uh, you haven't even weren't even curious enough to go watch it since. I, you know what? We never get around to it. It's like a running gag. Tiana and I always joke about it. Well, we could finish Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, we liked the first like twenty. 30 minutes but it was really hard because it would like pause and then i'd have to take the dvd out blow on it it was like a sega genesis game put it back in you know not even the fact that he won best actor for that role made you curious enough curious enough to go and watch Uh, Well, that part i didn't know now that i know that All right, Maybe well, we, go back. I think we have a goal already for you. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I would have voted for that one maybe if I knew back that, then. That was, yeah, two years ago, I believe. Oh, is that what that was? <laughs> I think I got to it last year. Mo- most people have been watching movies during the pandemic, you know, because there's nothing else to do. <laughs> Matt's still slowly catching up on movies you haven't seen. I mean, there's a lot. So, <laughs> yeah, 90s, I am catching up little by little. <laughs> 2000s. You'll get there. Mm-hmm. Next mm-hmm. pandemic. One step at a time. <laughs> You'll get there. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. There was an interesting uh, sort of controversy. Like I said, there was like sort of a La La Land moment because everyone was expecting Chadwick Boseman to get a uh, posthumous Best Actor win. Uh, and it kind of went to it went to uh, Anthony Hopkins for a movie called The Father, which I haven't seen. And I hear he's great in it, and I'm sure it's well-deserved. Uh, but they actually switched up the order of the awards so best picture was not last they did best picture then best actress and then best actor uh and then it just kind of ended on this like note where anthony hopkins uh wasn't even there to receive it so (laughs) joaquin phoenix was giving the award is like we accept it on his behalf and good night and that's just kind of the end of the oscars wow well live events are always a little awkward yeah, and especially now in COVID. So I'm just saying, Matt, what we can learn from this is no matter what happens with your opening of your show or any live shows that I'm doing during these weird times is if the Oscars can mess things up royally and not have, you know, a, a tight uh, uh, package. And these are people from, like, the, the movie, movie industry. industry. <laughs> I feel like the pressure's a little, like, it could be off of us, our shoulders to, uh, you know, give ourselves some leeway on uh, how things go either way. Yeah. That's, that's my yeah, takeaway. No, I agree with that. I think at the end of the day, we're just trying to give people a great experience and a fun time. So we shouldn't have too much pressure, right? We're not right. we're not in the medical field where, you know, something really bad happened. We just need to make sure our audiences are having fun. Right. That's what I say. Yes, exactly. And to distract from anything going on and just, you know, in, in, our, in our profession, gives some amazement, 
Mm-hmm. Some wonder. You, uh, you like that little sound studio today? You, you just DM me before we hopped on. Did you like that in the yeah. dressing room? Yeah. So you have this uh, in your dressing room. You posted uh, a blanket over a microphone. And I was wondering if that was for the podcast, but it was uh, is Ted doing a voiceover. Yeah, like a little pre-show announcement, uh, a little placeholder, if you will, mm-hmm. so that we could do our dress rehearsal tonight. There are some announcements that we are required to do as well um, for COVID-related stuff, both before and after the show. So we figured we'd throw in a little TED Talk announcement after that, mm-hmm. um, after the pre-show announcement, because like, we don't want it to just be everything's doom and gloom and then start the show. Right, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, like all these COVID procedures, blah, 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 like, yes, that's good. But like, let's throw in a little bit of a message of our own after the official announcement that is... Um, you know, mandated. Now, when Ted used to start your show, he'd come out and do his TED talk and tell people mm-hmm. to turn off their cell phones, yada, yada, yada. And mm-hmm. then he would one by one go around the audience giving people high fives. Uh, I'm pinky assu- promising, actually. Oh, yeah. Pinky promising. I'm assuming that's not happening anymore. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> no more pinky promising in the show of any kind. <laughs> so just a voiceover now uh of of ted doing the same protocols where do these like where's the protocols come from from the state or from the governor what what uh from the mayor is there, i don't like, know exactly script? where they like stem for i guess yeah i guess local officials yeah but like the mandate for the announcement comes from you know our big bosses at caesar's entertainment gotcha and they just give you a script and are like read this and then start your show and you're like nah we'll read it but we're gonna have fun <laughs> Actually, they provided it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they provided it. We can re-record it if we want to in our own you know, tone and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it was provided. So it's something they're doing across all the shows. I imagine other properties or um, other companies throughout Vegas are doing something similar. Or at least they should be. Got to right. cover your bases. Right. So uh, that's what we were doing with a little... Uh, we created our, our sound person, Darren, created... Uh, quite quite the little studio with like a blanket and some mic stands and it's funny because the reason he created it was because i had to record one line he didn't know that i had to record one voiceover that we wanted to add to our opening video and so i went and i did it and darren's kind of like that's it i was like yeah that's it we just had to do that one line he's like this is kind of a big setup for just one line i was like Eh, maybe Ted wants to do a voiceover, so that <laughs> <laughs> so then we made the most out of it. So, so I'm just saying, you can have a permanent podcast studio now in your dressing room, and then I wonder if it's taken down. I don't know if he took it down already. I'm just saying, if you if you need to if we need to record a quick podcast like in between shows, a double header, mm-hmm. <laughs> you could do that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. live from location. Matt Matt Franco from the Matt Franco Theater. Yeah, we could do. Well, I have. I have to imagine at some point we will have to do a remote one from the theater, just yeah. for one reason or another, right? E- even if it's just for fun, you know. Ooh, you know, be fun. A live when show. You're in town, we did it live from the theater. Yeah, and like backstage or or on stage and invited an audience. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Like an actual show. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I assume I'm probably going to have to figure out a remote studio when I'm traveling again and on the if road. If I could do it, you could do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but those are problems for the future us uh, to deal with <laughs> that we don't have to do now. Uh, but uh, I'm just happy to be out doing things again, being vaxxed. And I went to a baseball game last night. Saw some photos. Yeah, I went to the Red Sox at City Field playing the Mets. And boy, was it nice. I had goals. I was just like, I want a beer. I want a hot dog. I want some peanuts. And, uh, you know. Cracker Jacks. Well, here's the thing. I was a little upset because they didn't have peanuts or Cracker Jacks because those are shareable food items. And those aren't allowed during COVID. (laughs) Uh, But we did uh, have great seats out in left field. And it was a nice night out. And it was just, like, easy to hop on the train and take it to City Field and um, you have to have the uh, show your vax card or really yeah you had we had to show our vax card or proof of a negative covid test if you weren't fully vaccinated and i think depending i i think maybe at madison square garden they i saw another friend do this but they like if you didn't have that you could do like a rapid test right there and mm-hmm. like go into the the stadium 
But what was nice is uh, New York, I don't know if Vegas has this, they have um, uh, like an app like uh, in your Apple wallet where you can have like a little pass for, that shows your vaccination so you don't actually have to carry your card. Um, so I did that. Oh, fun. I can do that? You can just take a picture and put it in your wallet? Well, it's uh, it's not a picture. It actually creates a barcode. But uh, this one's through New York State, so I don't know if Vegas has oh, the same, same gotcha. program. But uh, it's very convenient so that, you know, your Vax card doesn't get all mutilated in your pocket or anything like that. Uh, but Have uh, you laminated yours? I didn't laminate mine because I have, like, stickers on them, and I heard, you know, with the lamination. The ink melts and it turns black. Yeah, so I can't laminate mine. Neither can I, but I used packing tape, clear packing tape over it. So it's kind of the same thing. I, yeah, I guess so. There you go. Pro tip. That is a pro tip. Look at you being crafty. You're always you're always jealous of my craftiness. There you go. You got the craftiness. Uh, I might have to do that with packing tape. But I have the pass now, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but, uh, boy, uh, going around City Field, it is a, it is a labyrinth. It is a maze. Uh, we definitely like went to the wrong part of the stadium and then couldn't figure out how to go down to our section uh, because there was only el- escalators going up. So we were able because to- of COVID. No, that's just how the stadium. Is. Got it. <laughs> it's just a big place that's hard to navigate. Yeah, uh, we got there early because we didn't know how long lines and COVID protocols were going to be. So we're glad we got there early. I went with my uh, my buddies since I've, I've known since middle school. Uh, just the two of us, and we're both Red Sox fans. Uh, excited to see a game live in person. It's sort of going into animated territory, living in New York City with all the Mets fans. At least it wasn't Yankee Stadium uh, because that's the big rivalry there. But uh, when we got into the stadium, we like had to like ask so many people. We're like, we're in like a dead end. We can't get to our section. We had to find other stairs and go around. It was a whole ordeal. But we finally got there. And it was neat because they, the way they're socially distanced people is they're, they're actually physically zip-tying seats closed oh. so that the only ones that are available are the ones in your section, you know, with your ticket. So, like, we went through a whole row and everything's zip-tied except for the two seats with our seat numbers on it. We're like, all right. And, uh, you know, people are spaced out. There was, like, maybe people two rows in front of us. And, you know, out there. But uh, I think that's my preferred way to see a baseball game now. Socially distanced? Yeah. like Just because? It's just you don't have, uh, you know, people like to your immediate, to your left, to your right. When you have to get up to get another drink or food, you're not like crawling over people as much. And Right. I just, I just liked it. And you could put your feet out in front of the <laughs> in front of it's you. It's like VIP. It felt very VIP. Wow. Now, let me let me just tie this back to you in the suburbs of Baltimore. <laughs> With the audience socially distanced in a ch- sort of more traditional theater environment, because it was a movie theater and turned yeah. magic theater, like, did it feel like there was an audience? You said Eric Jones had them in the palm of his hand. Like, how was the, how do you feel like the audience experience was? But also, how do you feel like it was as a performer? Were you feeling like you couldn't get momentum because of it? Um... As a performer, I think I was struggling a little bit, too, just because of a way uh, like the audience was there and uh, it felt like a cr- like a good crowd. Just uh, I, I don't know, with some of the more like I have a more humorous approach to my style. So some of the jokes, if they didn't land, it maybe could have felt like the laughter was getting sucked up into the, the ceiling as much. But also, there's just blocking things that I think could have gone smoother. Like, I had a, again, I'm doing my blindfold act, which is hard to do in COVID times because I'm taking a mask off and I'm duct taping my eyes shut. And then uh, rather than have someone on stage because I'm not wearing a mask, uh, you know, I'm just blocking them so that they're kind of standing at the bottom of the stage with a microphone. And so it was a little little messy and uh, to get people to go the where I needed them to go back and forth and drawing and so that was a little little uh sloppy there but I think yeah it was it was just figuring out from a performer perspective how to get people engaged uh from being social distanced uh that's the tricky part but from the baseball stadium we felt engaged <laughs> just cuz right. we were just all watching a show and they had little in between innings the videos up on the screen and there was even like you know little games that they're doing to keep your interest as they're you know warming up for each inning like uh like find the Geico gecko there was a guy in a Geico gecko suit 
Oh, I think I saw you post a photo of the gecko right next to you. Didn't he was you? literally, yeah, it was easy for us to find him because he was in our section. That's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, and then they have, of course, the mascots like Mr. Met and Mrs. Met, and they're wearing masks on top of their giant baseball heads. Mm. So that's kind of funny that it's a mask on a mask. Anyway. Right, right. <laughs> so, I, yeah, it's interesting because I'm trying to like balance the two of like, what is my perception as an audience member in these events right, and how right. can i bring that into the performing as well and uh i don't know it's just something i still gotta figure out for every run through that we've done here i've performed essentially for one audience member we have one person mm-hmm. that's doing all of the audience participation in other words playing every role so like they'll come up for one thing and then they'll come up for something later right and also they're the only person really with a couple others sprinkled in um, that are part of our team as well, like that are the only ones really reacting from in the audience. So I feel like after weeks of doing the show for two or three people at most, I think I'm going to enjoy just having any number of people. I think it will feel Mm -hmm. like an audience to me because it's been so long. I probably forgot to some degree what a full audience feels like. Yeah. And it's, are you getting feedback from the audience member too? Because they're if they're if you're only been doing it for one person so far in the rehearsals, they can't really tell you the experience of them sort of passively watching the show because they're always actively participating in the show as well, uh, whether they're you know picking a card or whatever. Uh, but are you planning on you know interviewing like exit interviewing any of the audiences for your first couple shows to see their perspective and what can be done better or have you ever done that for any of your shows or like kind of like crowdsource or we did do one so we did do some sort of survey in the past i don't mm-hmm. anticipate doing it this time around because we, we we've i think it's gonna we, we've got it buttoned up we're ready to roll um mm-hmm. yeah we've done it in the past not to say that it's ruled out for the future but i don't see quite a need for it just yet mm-hmm. that's yeah mm-hmm. that's fair and uh, I'm just trying to think of other ways you can incorporate some of the things I've already learned from doing these shows um, or being in the audience. Have you thought about, like the baseball game, having a mascot in between tricks to help people stay entertained? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would make my life easier. That would be good. So I wouldn't even have to do transitions. I would just finish some, finish a segment, yeah. bring out the mascot. I could yeah. go have a sip of water, a little bathroom break, right. what have you, and then come back out for the next one. Yeah, they're doing the baby elephant dance walk on, on the dugout. You could have like a little built dugout. And they're like getting the crowd riled up. What would the mascot be? Could it be uh, Matt Franco? I was uh, going to suggest it be you. <laughs> So you just want me to come as like like a character mascot? Yeah, but here's the thing: I want it to be a costume of you. So like, you don't necessarily have to be present all the time. But if you are present, you put on the costume. And then you that's know? the big reveal: is I can take off the giant Eric Dittleman head, and it's really Eric Dittleman underneath. Yeah, I think so. All right, I've got nothing else going on this summer. Let's do it. If you what? Can we can increase the ticket prices. <laughs> Because we'll now have a mascot. I feel like that's a selling point. <laughs> we'll, we'll do a dizzy bat competition in the middle of your theater. Yes. Yeah. So you could wear like a baseball jersey. Yeah. The costume could wear a jersey. Go. That'd be yeah. good. Yeah. As long as you have peanuts, man. <laughs> I was missing those peanuts. I listen. I have to apologize because I I just have I'm, I want to say thank you for holding down this episode because my mind is just all over. <laughs> I'm just I'm uh, I've, yeah. I'm I'm sitting here. I just feel like I'm like uh, I can tell I feel, you're distracted and focused on the show. That's going to be uh, well. No, no. Up. It's a, I, I do feel present. I I feel yeah. engaged in, yeah. in the conversation, but I feel like I just have I feel like I've got nothing to contribute because I'm just like <laughs> fried. You know sure. that feeling when you yeah, just yeah, fried. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, thank you for holding it together. You're really, I mean, it's really mind over Eric Diddleman today. <laughs> <laughs> we are not changing the title. <laughs> I think that's the title of today. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. If, if you got the mascot, it's Eric Diddleman over Matt Franco Theater. <laughs> <laughs> so? Uh, 
No, that's something that can actually, uh, that's a good thing to talk about uh, because that happens as performers. You get kind of burnt out and fried. So how do you deal with that? Like how you get through, uh, you know, I, I definitely felt that when I was touring a lot and had shows back to back to back. You get run down, you get uh, kind of, uh, you, you got to push through it because you got to put on a good show for each of your audiences. And sometimes oh, you yeah. just want to, you know, <laughs> sleep or, or, you know, turn your brain off and you can't. Well, it's a shame we're not at the end of the episode because the answer to that question brings it full circle back to the beginning. If you can't meditate for 20 minutes because you don't have time, you got to meditate for an hour. I still don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> the point is uh, you, you want to avoid avoid the, uh, the burnout uh, right. stage. Right. Am I contradicting by saying that while I'm in it? No, I think you're okay. reminding yourself to do whatever this quote means because it's, again, it still doesn't make sense to me because if you only have a set amount of time to get things done, like I'm very task oriented, like my calendar is like blocked out by hours sometimes. So yeah, if I don't have an hour, I don't have an hour, Matt. <laughs> That's why you have to block it out. Uh, but then how do I get the other stuff done? You got to prioritize, prioritization. I'm feeling it a little bit with uh, the project I started at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, which I'm wrapping up uh, soon, is uh, this uh, the, the PEA newsletter, the Psychic Entertainers newsletter that I've been doing. And uh, we've got two issues left. I'm currently in mode uh, to finish this second to last issue that's uh, being released uh, May 1st for the organization. And I just, man, it's going to be a big uh, sigh of relief when that project's over and I can feel like my headspace opens up and I can just work on other projects. But, man, having that deadline is both good and bad because I feel like I'm always rushing to fill that deadline. <laughs> but, you mm -hmm. know, if I didn't have a deadline, I would have get done. So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of... So you're, you're signing off of those duties forever? Yeah, or oh, for, forever, I guess. For the time being. <laughs> yeah, for, for now. For, I'm, yeah, we're not re-upping after a year of doing the editorship. Um, so uh, hopefully it'll free up me my bandwidth for other projects that I want to get done because uh, that's the goal. Uh, it's just, you know, time and effort. It's, it's you got to figure out the balance. See, I just, I just got so I, – I was like – I just got so um, – <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say whacked upside the head, but that just feels like a bad. Well, you already um, did that during rehearsal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when you said goals, I was like, wait, we're already at goals? No, What's happening? No, no, no. We haven't done even trivia or riddles yet, Matt. <laughs> Speaking of? Yes, let's do it. <laughs> diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt? Riddles. All right, I can't wait to ask you a riddle with the state your mind is right now. <laughs> Same. All right. Uh, here we go. In what northern hemisphere city can you find indigenous tigers and lions? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> this sounds like trivia. This is a riddle. Yes, it does sound like trivia, but it's a riddle. In what North American city? Yeah, Northern Hemisphere or North American. It's fine. Okay. In what North American city can you find indigenous tigers and lions? In what city can you find indigenous tigers and lions? Indigenous meaning that the tigers are like from there, essentially. Yes. Hmm. Where do you normally find lions and tigers? I imagine like the jungle. Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. And but wh where are the jungles normally or typically? Not in major cities. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is true. But yeah, mostly southern hemisphere, I would say, like, you know, Africa, India, right. you know. Mm -hmm. I don't uh, mm -hmm. are there tigers in in, in like the Br Brazilian rainforest? I don't know. Probably not. They have them in Zamunda. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so this is Northern Hemisphere, which is where you don't normally think uh, tigers and lions to be from in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, is the answer to this like a baseball team? Could be. Do you know where the tigers and lions are from? No. 
I know in football, the Detroit Lions. That is correct. <laughs> and the Detroit Tigers. Yes. That's oh, really? Okay. Team. Yeah. <laughs> the city is Detroit. <laughs> I figured because I went to a baseball game, we do a baseball riddle. Uh, but there was a little bit of trivia there, too, because you got to know which city had the, the Detroit. Or, well, obviously, the Detroit Tigers are from Detroit. But you had to know what city the Lions and the Tigers were from. Very clever tying in the baseball without me knowing you were tying in the baseball. <laughs> yeah, I had, to, I had to transition away from baseball first, so your mind wasn't in that uh, that element. But you're not a huge baseball fan anyway. I mean, you don't like sit through games. They're long games. But... I do enjoy going to a game. It's fun. Yeah. It's even better when your team wins like the Red Sox did. <laughs> yeah, so... I'm not sure I have a team, but it is mm. fun to go to a game. I've been to a couple of Red Sox games. Yeah, it's I, I always have a blast. and. It's always fun, too. We saw a couple dingers, a couple home runs in that game, too. Real really? Fun. Yeah. Yeah. They won two to one. So uh, The Red Sox won? Yeah. The Red Sox have a good team, this, you know, like a really good offense this year. They've been doing really good so far. So I'm excited. I also wanted to learn, like, the player. One of the reasons I wanted to go is, like, to really sit down and focus on the game because sometimes I'll put it around, um, like, in the background and won't be able to pay attention uh, as much as I want to. Uh, so it was just, like, an opportunity to, like, learn who's on the team that I because they've had so many changes in the past year right. or two so now that I know I can like be oh yeah okay I can watch the rest of the season knowing who's on the team what do you call the uh I know this isn't it but like the <laughs> cockpit what do you call the the cockpit the uh like the where all the players are and there are seats directly behind them the the dugout no the bullpen bullpen that's, that's where the, that's where for. the pitchers are warming up yes that's where the pitchers warm up the yes. bullpen yes because last time i went to a game this was years ago i think i sat right behind the bullpen and i had you know obnoxious friends that were just harassing the players in the bullpen the whole time <laughs> of course but it's kind of part of the whole thing isn't it I mean that's that's part of the 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 yeah seeing seeing how people react because again we were there was a lot of Red Sox uh, fans there at the stadium because wherever the Red Sox play they always come out Red Sox Nation to see them play but there was definitely some uh, some Mets fans who were just like obnoxiously yelling at uh, our left fielder that was like right in front of us too like trying to heckle him uh, Mm -hmm. between plays and then there was a Yankees fan there too again big rivalry. And the guy just kept taking off his shirt for some reason. A we're fan? Like, yeah. We're like, why Why are you doing that? We don't need to see that. And it doesn't feel COVID safe. It doesn't seem To take off the shirt doesn't feel COVID safe. <laughs> I know it has nothing to do with the transmission of the virus, but still, let's keep your clothes on, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think it's time for uh, trivia, Matt. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, 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 trivia, pressure, trivia time. I'm ready for you. Okay. Your question is, what is the tallest observation tower in the united states in the uh, tallest observation tower in the united states hmm i have of choices if you want them uh let me just think about this out loud right away um i feel like my first instinct is to go with the space needle uh in seattle that seems like it's a tall observation tower i'm also wondering if there's a trick to this and maybe it's like you know, your high roller link uh, <laughs> link Ferris wheel is one of the tallest Ferris wheels. Does that count as a tower, though, because it's Let's moving? Let's not count that as a tower. Okay, yeah. But it is pretty tall. I think it's the tallest Ferris wheel. It is indeed the tallest observation wheel. There we go. There we go. And I've been on it, and you've been yes. on it, and you've disappeared out of it <laughs> <laughs> on your magic special. Not, uh, not, not at the same time. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, what, uh, give me the choices. I'm curious. We're going to go with the Gateway Arch in St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. Which I guess also is not a tower. No, it's <laughs> not a tower. In fact, that's scary. I almost went inside it because I hear, it, hear it's cool to go inside, but also scary because there's like a little like roller coaster car that like drives you up to the top when mm-hmm. I was visiting there. But I, I don't think it's that tall. 
compared to other towers. Go on. The next one is. I, I'm, I'm the. I said gateway arch, didn't I? Yeah, you're leaving me in suspense here. <laughs> the stratosphere tower. Oh, okay, in that's Las pretty, Vegas. That's a pretty tall tower, and there's the rides on top of that, which I did one where they spin you over the edge, and it looks like it's so terrifying. You're like staring down. I think it's 88 floors or something like that. 180 floors. I don't, I don't know the know. number of floors. <laughs> okay. The Tower of Americas in San Antonio, Texas. I don't think I even know what that is. I've been to San Antonio. I don't remember this tower. Reunion Tower in Dallas, Texas. I don't know that tower either. Now notice what's missing from this list. Is the Space Needle. So it's not, that's not the Space Needle. Uh, and I was going to say the CN Tower, but that's not in America. <laughs> it's in, in, uh, in Toronto. Oh, I feel like it's one of the Texas ones because I don't know either. <laughs> um, so just to hedge my bets and to get this segment over with, I'm going to go with the Stratosphere because that is Vegas <laughs> trivia. Yeah. <laughs> so this really shocked me. So I knew the Stratosphere. I believe this probably measures all the way up, maybe up to where the top of the ride is, That the the tall up and down. What do you call that? Uh, that like road, that, that like the elevator kind of thing. Elevator type of thing, right? Yeah. This might measure to the top of that, but it's uh, 1,149 feet tall. Oh, okay. Now, to me, I always thought it was like modeled after the Space Needle. Like I thought it was like kind of like how we have the uh, Eiffel Tower in Vegas. Yeah. But obviously, I would imagine it's much smaller than the real Eiffel Tower. But the Space Needle is only 605 feet. Wow. It's almost half the size of the stratosphere. That blew my mind. I think it's on a hill, though. (laughs) I feel like it's on a hill that makes it seem taller. I could be wrong with that. Uh, But uh, I just looked it up. The uh, stratosphere is 112 floors. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, that's like, I don't know, a third more than you were saying, I think. Something like that. I shouldn't be doing math today. (laughs) Did you ever do the, you can do base jumping off of the tower. I know people who've done that. Have you ever done that? Did we not talk about this the other day? No, I don't think so. I, we might have touched on it. So when the Vanderpump guys, the Toms, oh were right, here, yeah, 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 <laughs> we tried to jump, do the base right. jumping off the stratosphere, but there was like a two-hour wait or something, yeah. so we just didn't do it. Wow, I don't think I could do that. I I did the um, there's the the Nickelodeon World at the uh, new uh, American Dream Mall in Jersey. That has its own like theme park. It's it's trying to rival like the Mall of America, uh, and I don't know if it's bigger or not. But there's an obstacle course, a ropes course that's like Legends of the Hidden Temple themed, and mm. um, at the top of the ropes course, you can like hook into a little belay, your 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 little belay. I don't I, I don't I don't rock climb, so I don't know these terms. Uh, your little carabiner. You can hook your little carabiner onto. I'm like, learning uh, lots of new words yeah. to clarify. <laughs> Uh, onto like a little like rope and uh it's basically just a safety rope because you free fall off the top and like slowly uh slow it's you decelerate as you get closer to the ground but it's just that first step it took me forever my other friends did it like no problem just like walked off the ledge and then like did it and then i was still you were afraid i was afraid i like that was only like i don't know four or five stories tall uh, so I can't imagine jumping off the top of the stratosphere. Well, yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Now that I haven't done yet, but, um, what did you call it? A carabiner that keeps you, that's what attaches you. Is that the clamp? What is that? That's the little clip on like your, your climbing harness. Uh, so when you're doing the ropes course too, you're constantly unhooking your carabiner and putting it onto like another rope as you're like going across the different obstacles from obstacle to obstacle. Tiana made me watch pirates of the carabiner. Nope, that's not what it's called. <laughs> but I have seen it. For what it's worth, I've seen it. I think that might be the episode title. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think people would notice? Do you think people would notice if you did that as the episode title? You wrote Pirates of the Carabiner because it's probably spelled similar enough <laughs> to where Caribbean? it would go unnoticed. People know this is a very famous Disney ride and a very famous movie. People will know caribbean versus carabiner well 
but, just this week. But wait, can you can you picture though? Instead of like hooks for hands, they have the little little mountain climbing hooks. I mean, if you can Photoshop that, we're in. <laughs> but um, just this week, you must have seen this. If you haven't, you'll like it. Um, I saw Doug McKenzie, our friend, share this, but uh, he sourced it from Banachek, uh, oh yeah, mentalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, something about just a post about people should need mandatory vacations and and it had a couple of other lines other than just that but it stirred up so much controversy because immediately people read it as there should be mandatory vaccinations vaccinations. Mm -hmm. did you see this i did yeah and i actually this was even posted uh you know through the our little pea forum too because Mm -hmm. there's some interesting psychological applications to it uh, but the uh, yeah, uh, it kind of loses something here in the audio format when we're saying the words. But as you're reading it, people just see the VAC part and they kind of fill in the blanks because our minds are kind of conditioned into the way we want to see things. So, and the N at the end. Yeah, ex- absolutely. And it goes mm-hmm. into that study, too, where um, I feel like it was an MIT lab or something where you can take words and as long as the same letters in the word and first and last letter stay the same yeah first and last letter stay the same everything else is jumbled up and then you can Mm -hmm. read a whole sentence that way even though it's not really forming real words uh so your mind is kind of adapting and kind of just shows the shortcuts we make in our minds because our minds are processing so much information so it's like if it's expecting something to be there uh it will kind of just like focus on the new rather than the old Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, we as in the magic field take advantage of that a lot of the times by priming people, say you're making a ball vanish and you're doing the motion the same mm-hmm. way twice first. And then, and then the simulating. Third time, then you simulate that motion the third time. And that's where you're really doing the sneaky stuff to make it vanish. Uh, so people are just kind of primed to expect what they see. Uh, so this is the same thing. So. I think there's also like the, the the political leadings, you know, on how you take a stance for, uh, you know, whether you're for or against these vaccinations. Which, by the way, you should be for the, the vaccinations. <laughs> but um, but a lot of people, you know, kind of put their own baggage onto what they were reading for this post and saw, yeah, uh, we we think vacations should be mandatory, and if they don't take them, you should force them. I think was the the, the yeah. phrase. So people are like, no, vaccinations shouldn't be forced on anyone. It's like, I never said va- anything about vaccinations. Uh, right. We were only talking about vacations, and everyone should have a vacation. Um, but Did if you, you don't, read it as vaccination? No, I, I'm I'm used to those kind of stuff, too. Um, it's because there was that old, uh, the there's the phrase that's kind of in a triangle shape, and it's like, uh, yeah. it has the, the repeating the in yes. it. Yes. But the way you read it, you just, you know, you expect to see only one the so that you it kind of uh, you don't see that second the. And then when you go back and read it closely and slower, you can spot the the error. Um, so I was kind of primed already for that. But uh, I agree with the sentiment. You know, you should take a vacation. But if you don't have 20 minutes, you take an hour. You had me laughing before you even went into the if you don't have 20 minutes thing. <laughs> um, I read it immediately as vacation the first time. Yeah. And I didn't even understand <laughs> the gag. that it was like what it was uh, trying to trick my brain to do. Mm-hmm. And then the second time when I saw it, uh, you know, the next day, I said, oh, oh, I see what's going on here. People are going to think that says vaccination. Yeah. yeah. But it didn't it didn't hit me uh, the way that some of those things have fooled me in the past. Right. And I think it's too just to show that we shouldn't, you know, again, assume things. We should take things a little bit slower and really process things. And I think that's where we are as a society now is we just assume people are going to be, you know, saying things like say you're you take a political stance and then you're having a debate with someone and then you just assume what their talking points are going to be without actually listening because you're just trying to say your point. So I think if we all kind of like slow down and actually talk about stuff again still this is uh you know, on, the, on the subject of vaccinations uh pro-science you should really consider the science and not just re- repeat uh talking points that are given to you as well <laughs> but, right uh, right but uh, i think i think there's a lot to learn uh and to uh once you realize those fallibilities that we have as human beings and recognize them within ourselves we can hopefully you know open up those dialogues with one another 
to be like, oh, I could be wrong here. I could be wrong there too because I can't be just so hard fast in my my beliefs. So that's what I got out of that exercise. It was a fun exercise nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing another type of exercise too uh, because I'm back on the memory stuff. Oh, nice. Um, so I'm trying to redo, we talked about this on an earlier episode, uh, just really get my, um, my zero, zero through 99 person object act or person action object list down the Dominic system. Uh, so I want that to be almost automatic. So Mm -hmm. there's still a couple split seconds, you know, when I see a a two digit or a three digit number, because I'm working up to that too, uh, where it doesn't quite click. So I started to just to practice uh, by using the Leitner system. Have you ever heard of this system? The Leitner system, no. Yeah, the Leitner system is a way to learn things, uh, and I'm doing it as a way to like, kind of increase my speed a little bit too. Uh, but like running speed? No, my memory speed. <laughs> Got it. Uh, no, I have not gotten into the running <laughs> goals yet, <laughs> which I don't know if I'll ever get to. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But the Leitner system essentially is good if you, especially like when you're studying for a test or something like that, um, where you have a set goal of where you yeah. want to like learn a certain amount of things. Uh, basically, you create little boxes for yourself. Uh, so you could literally take shoe boxes, for instance, and have like say five of them. And uh, the first one will be uh, basically each box is a bucket for the frequency of how you're going to review the information. So the first box could be daily. The next box could be every other day. The next box could be once a week. The next box could be every two weeks. And the next box could be like a month or so. So basically, you start with all your flashcards or whatever you want to learn in the first box. And then you go through them and see how many you get right. And if you get them right, they go into the next box. But if they get them wrong, they stay in the first box. Mm-hmm. So then the, the ones you're, you're missing up over and over again, you're going to see those more frequently. And then they can graduate to the next box. And then you go to the next, you know, when the next time frame comes around, you uh, go through that. And if you get those right, they move to the next box. Maybe now you're doing it every week, every two weeks and so forth. You're just kind of graduating the things you get right that are easy to you uh, so that you see them less frequently. And everything that you get wrong goes back. You actually goes all the way back to the beginning box so that you review it every day. Right. Uh, there's different systems like that. So I'm playing around with this uh, Lightner system uh, to see if that just helps uh, improve my accuracy and speed. Because I'm also like, for me, getting it wrong, I'm only giving myself like one, two seconds. So if it's, oh, I, I don't see. get it in two seconds, it stays right. in the repetition box. Right. Uh, right. You know? <laughs> so, so you're uh, really advancing your cognitive speed overall, not just memory. I'm trying to. Uh, well, flexing it's, that muscle. It's specifically for this information. I don't think it carries over for other oh. you know, information. I'm trying to get this information down so that it becomes automatic. But I, I, I'm excited to apply this Lightner system to other uh, you know, areas of things that I want to learn, um, whether it be expanding my 90, uh, 00 to 99 system or you know, another thing I just want to have is like, Oscar winners might be a good thing just to randomly have in the back of my brain or, you know, whatever I want to improve upon or just general knowledge or other systems that might be useful for some of the mentalism stuff that I do. So um, I just thought I'd throw that out there in case I know I know there's software, too, that uh, incorporates kind of this Lightner idea into it, whether it's flashcard programs or like any other learning based programs. Uh, and they kind of automate it for you, so they auto- automatically take you the things you get wrong and make that more frequent <laughs> so that you're reviewing them more. Uh, but I just thought I'd throw that out there in case anyone is doing any kind of studying or wants to learn things, and you know, through repetition, uh, they can try to apply the Leitner system themselves. And that's L-E-I-T-N-E-R, Leitner system. Yeah, and I could be pronouncing it wrong. I think it's Leitner. It could be Leitner, but... Yeah. What what are facts? We don't we we don't guarantee facts on the show. <laughs> I was pronouncing Pirates of the Caribbean wrong. <laughs> but now I know. Yeah. Maybe that'll be one of my goals. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbeaner. Oh, Carabiner, that that's was it. that's such a different movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh Matt, what do we what do we say we get into our goals? That's what I was hoping for. 
All right. So you were focusing on the show. How'd you do? Um, <laughs> pretty good. No, I, uh, I, I got sidetracked earlier, I guess, when I started talking about uh, my like super minor injury. But I am really like souped about sort of the, uh, the workplace environment, the backstage culture. I'm feeling really good about kind of where everything is in terms of just kind of uh, teamwork and positivity and kind of really having a, uh, a fun place to go into every day. So I am super excited about that. That's a really nice uh, place to be in. So I feel really strong about that. Moving forward to next, uh, the coming week, we'll go through, we got the dress rehearsals, one immediate goal that will be tonight, a successful opening night slash opening weekend. Um, and that's where I'm at. Nice. Nice. That's what I'm hoping for. Very good. And are, do you have like, uh, is your headspace going to be like after you do the first couple shows, like finding ways to like tweak it to make it even better? Do you have like something in place to already do that? Are you going to do that naturally or? Well, that's the good news is like we've done enough run throughs where we still need lots of work, but we're still we're all we're definitely already in the weeds, as we Mm -hmm. like to say. And we have been for a while. So we're not trying to, like, figure out the order of segments. Instead, we're trying to say, oh, I think this lighting cue should happen a second earlier. Oh, that's good. A a lot of that. We have little things like that in probably every segment or, oh, this this video content here needs to, we need to change the filter on that. This looks a little blown out. How can we make this more clear? Should this fly out at this time or should we fade to content before the screen flies out? Like we're really kind of, and and we'll, we will continue diving into those weeds um, forevermore, I guess. Constant improvement, <laughs> Kaizen, as they say in Japanese. I Yeah, that's amazing. Well, Japanese, wow. Ooh. <laughs> this is just all tying into the, the, the sayings you quoted earlier about meditation. And, and uh, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't bring up the bonsai tree. <laughs> you're, very, uh, you're very Miyagi these days with the wax on, wax off. It's not too late. It's not too late. I, I actually, did you know you can change your Netflix character? So like when you go on Netflix, yeah. do you click on your name? Yeah, I just have like a generic little face there, but I know you can change the avatar. Yeah, you can change it to Miyagi. <laughs> did you do that? Yes, months of ago. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> and I wrote Matt San instead of just Matt. Okay, yeah, of like course. Daniel San? No, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That, uh, that's a fun fact for you. If you don't know, you can change your avatar. Now you know. Yeah, great. We get we real. Equal uh, nuggets of value on the show is uh, the Lightner system that you can use to learn things, and you can change your avatar on Netflix. Those hey, are basically I, the same usefulness. Listen, I got to bring something to the party. <laughs> I'm not uh, showing up empty-handed. You came up with that Lightner thing. I was like, all right, what do I got? What do I got? Netflix avatar. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Um, and in your DMs on Instagram, you can change the background. How about that? And you have been doing that a lot for our <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how to do it? Yeah, well, now I do. I didn't know it was a thing before. But uh, the, the, the other thing I wanted to bring up, because I know you're busy with the show, the reopening, are, are there going to be moments when you have a little downtime? Because, or are you just going to be thinking about the show? Because if you have some downtime, I noticed your shirt there, Matt. And I think it's something we're going to have to do is uh, uh, you're wearing a Jeff McBride magic shirt, and yeah. he's got a new Zoom show where he, like, tours around his uh, his house, and I think that's something you and I are going to have to do together to see uh, the legend Jeff McBride on, on a virtual show. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for that, actually. I can't wait to see the McBride virtual show. And, uh, you know, we can kind of do a little review here on, on our experience, maybe right here on the pod. And uh, maybe he'll even join us someday on the pod, you know? Oh, I think I think he would love that. <laughs> I think he would. Uh, my goals for last week was to work on a website for this podcast, and I did not do that. I did not have time. <laughs> I'm trying to do the newsletter and get a lot of other stuff done, so I'm going to carry that over. Uh, I'm going to say that's a goal I want to have as long with a, like maybe a pre- Patreon that we talked about. Uh, but I'm going to say website and maybe some some bonuses for some you know ways for you to to get more involved into this podcast uh let's try and get that maybe by i don't know i'm just throwing out there episode 50 sounds like a good benchmark what, what are you trying to do by episode 50 a website or website or and the a, bonuses that's the part where you, I, you lost me a patreon 
Maybe. Oh, Patreon. Yeah, Patreon. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've been having an ongoing discussion yeah. about how Eric wants a Patreon and I don't want to deal with a Patreon. No, no, no. It's not that you that not that I want it. I, I know people who listen want it, Matt. That's true. I know it's been requested. I understand. I just think we got to do some R&D before we go diving into a thing like that. That's why I'm giving us to episode 50. Uh, what was that? Six weeks? Seven weeks? I think that's a good goal, Matt. <laughs> good short-term slash long-term goal. I think we should, yeah, you know, we'll do some research on it. Website will be easier, so we'll, uh, that'll be a little bit prioritized. So. I think that's hard, too. Just a splash page. I'm also trying to, in addition to that website, trying to get my website finalized. So I'm just going to be in website mode now that I, you know, my headspace is going to open up after this second to last issue is going to be done. Uh, and then, yeah, I think I think I have some time to work on some podcast stuff. Okay. All right. Well, I look forward to seeing where, where we take this thing because we're 43 in. Number 44 is going to be even better. Mind over magic coming at you hot. We hope to see you next week. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. If you want to write us some emails for the mailbag, you can uh, visit us, or I guess email us. Not visit us, because we don't have a website yet. But you can email us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. We always love getting mail. uh, And we'd love uh, to connect on the social media. You can shoot us DMs there, uh, comment there as well, at mindmagicpod on every social media platform I think that exists. Uh, I think we have all of them. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, We couldn't do it without you. Matt, good luck with the show. I can't wait to hear about it next week. Appreciate it. Good luck with all the website heaven that you're going to be in for the new (laughs) ericdittleman.com. Thanks so much. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Ha, ha, ha.